repairing imperfections. I am by no means an architect. I'm not a builder by trade, unless building children counts. Just kidding. In all honesty, though, when it comes to building things with our hands, Dwight and I may not be professionals, but we have done enough construction or small projects to know that even the slightest deviation from the plan or blueprint can cost you big time in the long run. If you enjoy constructing things, you're probably nodding your head in agreement. Or maybe when it comes to construction, you leave it to the professionals, but you have ventured to put some box furniture together. Whatever the case, I think we, sh we would all agree that instructions serve a valuable purpose and one must follow them if success is the desired result. When Dwight and I first began construction on the discipleship training facility, we needed to dig the trenches for indoor plumbing and venting before the foundation could be poured. Now this is one step of construction where crunching numbers and measuring exactly is so crucial because once the pipes are set, the concrete is poured, there's no changing it later. If you're off even one inch, it can cause serious dilemma down the road. Take our experience, for example, and learn from our mistakes. The placement of the pipes for the restrooms should have been exactly the same distance from the front wall, just mirrored from each other. However, the pipes for one restroom were set about three-quarters of an inch farther out than the other. While this might not seem like much, when we framed the wall that would run along the backside of both restrooms, we had to try and adjust a little to make up the difference in order for the walls to be right. We've learned the problem with this method is if you're off base, it gets worse the higher up you go. It appeared we corrected the pipe placement by shifting the wall a quarter of an inch here or there, but when the trusses were set, our mistake became more evident. Here's my point. When it comes to the way our local church body operates, there are some times when things don't go as planned. Let's be honest. When we look around and compare our church to the Bible and the way the early church interacted with each other, there are probably areas that don't seem to match up. While I'm sure most Christian churches start off with the best intentions of being as biblical as possible, I would say that many of them have probably made some changes since their initial plant. Or maybe they were even founded with the slightest deviation from the biblical foundation. Much like our miscalculation of the piping placement caused a much greater discrepancy farther down the road, one seemingly small change to God's blueprint for his church can cause larger problems later on. I'm a practical person, and I definitely appreciate practical application, especially when it comes to biblical principles, but I'm not even going to attempt to offer that here. The truth is, in our human nature, it's often easy to fall into the trap of checking things off our list while our hearts are far from it. As a wife and mother, I personally find this tendency true in the routine and seemingly mundane tasks, from laundry and dishes to changing diapers or even homeschooling our children. If, not, if I'm not intentional to keep the proper perspective, I can easily begin only to focus, focus on the what and forget the why. I believe the same can be said of many Christians when it comes to following God's blueprint for his church. Maybe our intentions start out good, but somewhere along the way, we lose sight of why we chose to serve others or take that position of teaching or leadership. Maybe we even lose our desire and excitement to gather with the body altogether. And instead, it just becomes one more thing we have to do. It becomes a burden to us because we lost sight of the why and focus solely on the what, and our hearts have lost the proper perspective. I believe the real solution is for us all to grow in our personal relationships with Jesus, to become so intimately acquainted with him and the spirit he's made to dwell within us that we will know when he's prompting us to serve here or show love there 
and just exactly how to do it. Yes, it's vital to continue studying the blueprint already laid out for us. God's word is never to be neglected and always approached in sincerity and humility, asking him to give us the vision and purpose in carrying out his plan for us. But without the Holy Spirit, we merely run the risk of our hearts growing cold toward the purpose behind what we're doing for the Lord, and it all just becomes routine. In those moments, our actions become more pharisaical and less Christ-like, which is why I will digress from listing specific applications here. Rather, my practical advice is to tell you to love Jesus with all you have, all your time, all your money, all your possessions, and he will love others through you. Think about this for just a second. The Holy Spirit led the early church to live and love in a God-honoring way, even before the New Testament scriptures were written, and we would do well to follow their example. Do you really think the Spirit would lead us to operate any differently than the early church? Do me a favor. Throw out everything you've ever known or seen, anything you've ever been taught by your pastor or by culture, and just study the early church. How did they give? What were they committed and devoted to? What seemed to be their greatest priorities in life? Then ask God for the courage to live in such an intentional way with those you fellowship with. Ask him to pour out his love for those in your local church so that you could love them like a family should, like Jesus did. Ask him for the boldness to love radically, to give generously of your time, finances, service, prayer, grace, mercy, devotion, or faithfulness. In whatever ways you wish others would be available for you, do so for them abundantly. Look for ways to serve others instead of waiting to be served, for this is having the mind of Christ. And if we all loved one another in these ways, I think we would be utterly amazed by the results. I won't say they don't exist, but I have yet to find or be a part of a church that operates perfectly and has every affair completely in line with Scripture. I mean, I'm pretty partial to our little fellowship family, but even we have some work to do. However, I do know there are people out there who radically love Jesus and desire to fellowship with the body in a way that resembles the early church. So if you're reading this and you feel you should get involved in a local church, do it. Pray and ask the Lord to lead you in your search, but do so with the intention of finding one you can approve upon, not just slip in and blend in. If you're already attending one, but as you reflect on it, you recognize an area or more that needs improvement, you may be tempted to think, I'm not influential. Why would anyone listen to me? In such cases, you may feel it's best to either leave or find a new church or simply ignore it and let someone else deal with it. To that, I would ask you, is the church only composed of leaders? Is it only their responsibility to be the church? If you read the list above on ways to show others love and you felt like you could improve in any of those areas yourself, can I just encourage you to begin making those changes now? so that you can be a shining light to what it looks like to truly follow Jesus? You never know. It could have a ripple effect to those around you, even to the leaders. If you feel there should be some changes of a larger scale made that are outside your immediate control, my advice would be to first pray. Pray for clarity and understanding about whether or not your current situation is truly unbiblical or just against your preference. Also, pray for those leaders who oversee that area of operation. Pray that God would be speaking to their hearts and bring conviction if any changes need to be made. Ask the Spirit to begin uniting your heart to theirs and opening a door for communication. Then I would say to humbly approach your elders or other appropriate leadership with Scripture to support your concern, while also being quick to listen as you might be the one who's wrong. 
Offer ways or ideas to implement these changes, as well as how you are willing to take an active role in carrying it out. Desire to be a part of the solution, not just complain about the problem. Begin now being the change you want to see in your local fellowship as you seek to obey the Spirit and get back to God's blueprint.